And I feel like I, I can break down some of these issues and get to the heart of, um, you know, what's really important in these stories and uh, help filmmakers and people like yourself tell those stories. My backyard is full of wildlife. If you want to know where the big animals are, you have to listen to the little animals. And right now, I actually hear an alarm call. Learn a lot though by just following tracks. Here we go, another episode of Wild Tracks. Hanging out with Vanessa, Jackson Wild Summit. We've talked to a lot of filmmakers, but right now we're gonna talk to a, well, what are you, a scientist, right? Is that the best way to put it? Yeah, I would say it's an accurate uh, statement. Sure, yeah, I'm a scientist. I'm a conservation practitioner, so yeah. I kind of also work in conservation while doing science, and usually those things are complementary. Yeah. And I think it's so cool because, it, you know, the summit brings in so many people. Like I said, there's obvious, there's filmmakers, there's conservationists, but there's, there's like conservation scientists. Yeah. Why are you here? Uh, I, I think I've, 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 I've not been a scientist interested in really pursuing an academic career. And, it, and it's been really tough being able to continue to do science, balancing that with conservation. And now, for me, the need for more of these stories to get out, broaden um, interest among members of the public in conservation. Uh, and I think science helps to tell those stories too. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's about change and impact and talking with filmmakers here and even people like yourself about, um, how do we get these stories out and make them more appealing and more interesting to more folks? I mean, you're the, you're the boots on the ground guy. You're the idea mine, I'd like to say. I'm a little disappointed you're here because you're my buddy and I've been getting lots of good ideas from you and now you're all my competitions here and, you know, but it's good to look at it that way. It's not competition. No, right? We're collaboration. All, it's collaboration, right? And it's like, so I'm actually being a little funny there, but I'm excited you're here because I know that you're a wealth of knowledge and I know there's a wealth of people who can take that knowledge and those stories to the next level and you're full of them. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I, this is new for me. You know, I'm a kind of a neophyte in this space. And I think it's, it's challenging for scientists as they get older in their career to put themselves in new spaces and uncomfortable situations. And um, let's, let's face it, when you're in a new space and you're out of your silo, it's, it's, uh, you're out of your comfort zone. Um, but uh, I like talking just to such a diversity of people. And I feel like I, I can break down some of these issues and get to the heart of, um, you know, what's really important in these stories and uh, help filmmakers and people like yourself tell those stories. So They're, what are you really, uh, oh. No, I, I already asked a lot of questions. It's your turn now. I guess I'm really interested in what, what is your, what is it that you are studying right now that's something that you feel could benefit from the storytelling and the, outreach that is here yeah yeah so you know I, I, and, and Casey I know you're probably familiar with this right I mean the for me the passion for all of this is often started with or an interest in carnivores right and sort of their biology and following them and studying them and 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 but there you know there's always that parallel track of well how do we save them and how do we create while how do we create spaces for them alongside urban environments how do we make, uh, facilitate their coexistence with people. And so I've, I've come to the realization that we need to all be more, uh, innovative about ways to do that. And, and, um, 
communities need to receive some kind of benefit for for coexisting with um, species, and I think we can do that through through business, through innovation. And so, one example I think I was talking to you about the other day is, you know, we're hoping to bring in into the U.S. and test market predator-friendly products and commodities, including coffee that benefits jaguars and communities that grow that coffee um, in a way that uh, protects jaguar habitat. And so can this, this can potentially be a tool that we can use to build communities working cohesively um, and connect more jaguar habitat. And I'm excited about the possibility of, 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 of approaches like that. You know? Yeah, like really thinking out of the box. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, it, it, it's, it's been, I think all of this has evolved out of this relentless pursuit for real solutions. And in working with people and listening to so many people about what's important to them, and our organization works pretty widely across um, the global South and Latin America and Africa and South and Southeast Asia. And I'm, always listening to people and communities and what their challenges are and thinking about, okay, you know, if we can bring benefits to these communities, we can save species, you know, and growing up, it was always either jobs versus the environment, right? No, it's, it's not like that. It's the future is going to be creating these economic opportunities that benefit wildlife and people. So that's what I'm focused on. Can you tell us a little bit more about your organization? Yeah, so so I started an organization called Species, and it's a, a mouthful because that's an acronym. It stands for the Society for the Preservation of Endangered Carnivores in their International Ecological Study. And you can find more out uh, about us at uh, carnivores.org. Uh, and, uh, you know, it started around some of the things I was doing for my PhD, working on jaguars in a place in South America called the Gran Chaco. A lot of that happened in Paraguay. And it, it kind of grew into an organization that focused on identifying and mitigating threats to different species of carnivores around the world. And so today we work in about um, 16 or 17 countries, and, and hopefully there will be more to follow. That's amazing, you know? Like, oh, yeah, super amazing. To start something and see it grow from a PhD and, and like, you know, I think it's interesting because you, that's kind of your niche, carnivores, really. Sure, yeah. You know, and and they have such an important role in all of these ecosystems, but they're also the most affected by human conflict. Yeah. Are, we, are you seeing in, in your work globally, as the population of humanity is growing, yeah. the, you know, habitat is shrinking, that we have to come up with solutions for the cohabitation. And is it, is it being addressed on a global, like in your 16 countries? You know, I, I feel like we occupy a really interesting niche in that respect um, when it comes to coexistence because our ideas are, are often different from those of other either organizations or NGOs working on the ground. Um, but, you know, there are other organizations like ours, we're, we're, you know, I think that have good ideas or working with local communities. We're trying to do it at scale and, and do it in a way that allows us to take ideas from over here and over here and over here. And, and how do we adapt them in a way that's 
meaningful culturally, socioeconomically, politically to different situations. And if you do that, you can make a difference, you know, and, and, and for us, um, ask, it all starts with asking questions and listening and then seeing how that leads to a solution and then seeing if that solution is, is working by still talking to communities and, and people and landowners and ranchers. And, um, again, because these are diverse people from, from all around the world. So, but yeah, I think there are, it's complicated and it can be complex, the solutions, but if, if you're willing to kind of dig in, yeah, you can make a difference, I think. And I think they are more needed. I think as the population grows, we're going we're gonna to need more innovation. We're going to need more solutions. There's, as Casey probably knows too, there's no one size uh, fits all solution, right? You can't just pop it out of the box and say, this is going to work everywhere. Um, there might be an element of something that is working here that is also going to work over there. But then you have to, what is the twist? What is the wrinkle? What are the other things that need to be part of that solution? Let's talk about hope. Um, we have an associate, someone we had on the podcast that we talked to, and um, he went from being a journalist and trying to provoke change to what he says, documenting extinction. <clears throat> yeah. Do you have hope? And uh, what does that look like? I do, I do. I just had a conversation that sort of unexpectedly got a little emotional for me, I guess because I got into my origin story. And uh, my origin story is, is a maybe a dark, brooding, introverted kid that got suddenly very angry about the increasing list of species that were no more. And I had this, for sure, a selfish desire to see them and for them to be here. And I think I had this sense even back then that these were beings and entities in, unto themselves that um, had every right to have their own lives on this planet. And so that, that became an anger that I channeled into something constructive, I would like to think. Um, but to circle back to what you're saying, and I provided that is, is uh, background for me because I do, I do have hope. And the reason is because um, there are so many really good examples of uh, uh, success stories. And each of them have elements, like I was saying before, in some of our approaches that you might be able to take. And if you're creative enough and innovative enough to try to modify it, make it a local solution uh, with communities um, that have the potential to be successful. So when you look at all of those hopeful stories, um, yeah, I think there's reason to be hopeful. There's more innovative ideas and technologies emerging. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they, they've got a tremendous potential to continue to be effective. Yeah. I think it's safe to say here at Jackson Wild Summit that it's inspiring to see all these people come together, people like yourself from different, yeah. from different walks of life, but with all the common goal in mind and, yep. and all with the same hope. Yeah. And I think that because of places like this and the summit itself that we can make change and things will, will be better. Yeah, yeah, and, and you can't be in conservation without being an optimist, ultimately. You have to believe that you're not screaming into the wind, right? And there's enough evidence to suggest, yeah, there's, there's ways through. We can figure it out. And to connect with all these folks here that have been involved in so many stories, it's inspiring to me even, you know? So, like, um, it's, it's cool. I'm going to leave here probably with a lot of energy and a lot more ideas. 
So let's form a group it's called Hope, honoring our planet's endangered species. I like it. <laughs> See, it's how things happen. <laughs> Movers and shakers make their minds come together, acronyms start to become reality, <laughs> and the world changes. My backyard is full of wildlife. If you want to know where the big animals are, you have to listen to the little animals. And right now, I actually hear an alarm call. I learned a lot though by just following tracks.